the pilot's ability to remain calm and communicate clear directions on the radio not only offered clarity for his team, but it communicated a confidence so that each of them could do what they had to do for the team. And this is why training and practicing emergency procedures over and over again is so very important before you go into combat. Because when all hell's breaking loose, the drill, one, two, three, four, that needs to, to surface reflexively. It's gotta be like muscle memory. Because if the aircraft is going down, the pilot cannot afford to sound panicked. Voice control. The same principle is true for everyone. With practice, over time, we have a better response at the ready for even stressful situations. You've probably heard a version of this quote. It says, watch your thoughts, they become your words. And your words, they become your actions. And your actions, they become your habits. And your habits become your character. And ultimately, your character determines your destiny. More simply put, practice makes perfect. And after Jane Scott's celebration of life yesterday, I am particularly mindful of that amazing generation of those who came before us and built this church. In their day, especially for the ladies, if someone was rude, they did not retaliate in kind, but practice an appropriate public response, saying, well, bless your heart. <laughs> now that may not have translated on the inside as something that was said on the outside, but they were demonstrating voice control, fully able to absorb a blow without sacrificing their own gracious identity. The rude guy, he did not win. So here we are in Christ the King Sunday, the last Sunday of the liturgical year, and we find Jesus on the cross. Think about that injustice. Think about the blow that he absorbed. The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is given into the hands of mankind. And what do we do? A friend betrays him. Public forces brutalize him. And criminals mock the Son of God. And as we read through Luke's account this year, when we get to the scene of his death, it comes as quite a shock since we know the story of his birth. We remember Gabriel and the whole host of heavens that show up to deliver this unbelievable news about Jesus' identity and purpose. News that was better than this world deserved or had hoped for. And Gabriel assures those lowly shepherds, saying, do not be afraid, for see, I bring you good news of great joy for all the peoples. To you, born this day in the city of David, is a Savior, the Messiah, the Lord. So in this crucifixion scene, we today, we know more about the identity of who hangs on the cross than those who were present. We know the story of Jesus' resurrection after his death. We know the high Christology of the Colossian lessons that we heard this morning where it says that in him, 
the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And through him, God was pleased to reconcile himself to all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace through the blood of the cross. The cross was a costly self-offering. Who knew what the fully human yet fully divine Jesus understood about what hung in the balance as he endured such injustice? If nothing else, Jesus did know that he was the Father's beloved son. He'd heard that divine voice tell him so at his baptism. And so, no matter the situation, even the shame of the cross, Jesus chose to be true to what he had practiced all his life, obedience to the Father's will. He would not fight violence for violence. He would not curse but forgive. For the repentant criminal, he offered comfort. He refused to break solidarity with God or with mankind. No matter what, no matter what happened to him, he would trust God in every situation. This idea of our training matters, and it's so evident here. Three times on the cross, Jesus is asked the same rhetorical question that he was asked in the wilderness during the temptations by Satan. If you are the Son of God, if you are the Messiah, save yourself. Turn this stone into bread. But Jesus does not take that option. He does not call down the hosts of heaven to save himself. Because by this time, the Savior of us all has glimpsed his own purpose. The cross is hard, but he knows that only love can overcome evil. And even in the worst of circumstances, he will trust the Father's love. Jesus had learned these habits they were there when he needs them, when he's under pressure, forgiveness, forbearance, patience, empathy, the gift of oneself, trusting in the unseen power of love. You know, at first we might think it odd that on the last lesson of the year we get Jesus on the cross. Why not a resurrection scene, something with a happy ending? And perhaps... It's because the cross was our Savior's final exam. His faithful response mattered because that is where evil and death were absorbed and transformed by the source of light and love. Transformed for each of us eternally. Plus, we're called to be like him, to grow up in our faith. Ultimately, the green season of Jesus' ministry, which we've just gone through, has taught us, us disciples, the way, the way of love. And because of his faithfulness on the cross, our Lord is now alive and with us. He not only abides in us, but he is both our journey mate and the end zone. We know his practices of prayer and kindness, of listening and forgiving, of grace and generosity, 
And so if we know these practices, do we practice them enough that they become our habits under pressure? Yet there's only one Savior. We're not left alone to transform ourselves, much less the world. And I love the fact that in this scene, Jesus is hung between two criminals, one on his right and one on his left. They are us. One, almost right away, recognizes Jesus' identity, and he opens up. The other, hard and cynical, life has beat him up pretty good. But either way, Jesus came to save sinners. He came for all of us. And so I wonder, since Jesus had forgiven those who'd crucified him, Father, forgive them, for they, don't, they know not what they do. Is it too far-fetched to think that his promise that today you will be with me in paradise might also include both of those criminals? This is a crazy kind of love, the kind that just might include all of us, big sinners and little sinners alike. And believe me, it is that tenacious, no matter what you do to me, kind of forever love that Jesus offers that woos me, that makes me want to do my part, that makes me want to practice what he taught. Even if for now, I'm still working on voice control. Amen. Oh,